If you've just joined us, Natalie Peters, Murray Wilton, further afield, 24 minutes after five. And if you want to give us a call, you can on 131873. Look, I would dare say that for the majority of us, when we think about the RSPCA, we associate them with the care and welfare of domestic animals. However, they work closely with farming communities and part of their remit is the care of farm animals. And I thought with the drought happening at the moment and also fires, Nat and I have been talking about it extensively. Now, they were first established in 1871 and the RASPCA is now national, as we all know, running about 40 different shelters and employing around 1,000 staff. And it costs more than $100 million a year to keep the RSPCA running. And most of their funding comes from general public, from you and I, and also fundraising initiatives. One gentleman that we've known for quite some time is the CEO of the RSPCA based here in New South Wales, Steve Coleman. And I'm happy to say that he joins us on the program and he's in here with us. How are you? Very well. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. You, I suppose you're almost automatically associated with domestic animals, aren't you? But it stretches way beyond that now it really does we are all about all creatures great and small and half of our inspectors we've got 33 inspectors in new south wales half of them are based around regional new south wales so we do a lot of work in the bush and so are they just doing inspections or they're following up complaints or concerns what what are they doing they're primarily responding to complaints of of cruelty but we do a whole lot more we do a lot of education work we do a lot of work with sale yards with abattoirs Um, and particularly this week in emergency management. We're an agency that's triggered by the Department of Primary Industries when there are declared emergencies, whether it's fire or or flood or whatever the case might be. And so this week's been pretty busy and it's, uh, it's far from over from our work. It can't be an easy job to go and visit properties in the middle of a drought um, when you've got people that just are hanging out for rain um, and there must come a point where um, you've got to say, it's time to let this livestock go. You've got to let them go. They can't keep going. Murray, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. We walk a very, very fine line, particularly in drought, but I've got to say at the outset that it's been illegal to let animals starve to death for many decades. Mm. That said, we our, our primary approach to dealing with um, drought-related stock and, of course, the farmers is to, is to help. So our inspectors do not head out every day to try and prosecute people. They head out to try and respond to cruelty complaints, work through the options and, uh, and find solutions that ultimately are a better behavioural change for the farming community than prosecuting. So how do you help? Do you alert the DPI to someone who's in need of help? Are you part of this drought response office that's been set up? Um, what we do is respond to an original complaint. We go out and have a look in the first instance and we just try and get a do an assessment, try and understand the circumstances, have a look at the condition of the stock because, let me tell you, everybody has an opinion about how good or bad an animal is in. Yeah. Uh, we've got decades of experience in that space, so we take a very objective and pragmatic approach to it. So we respond to the complaint, have a look, talk to those that are, are responsible for those animals, see if we can't help, work out a solution. We might go back three, four, five, six times in some cases to try and find a solution. If all else fails and animals are starting to die or, or starve beyond what they originally were, then we are required to, to trigger the primary industries department and they then put together a panel of people we're obviously on the panel but it's local land services dpi new south wales farmers and we come together as a team to try and work out what is the best resolve for that um, population of animals during this drought period have you had um rather than people being dobbed in have you have you had farmers ring you and say listen i need you to come out and help me or, or have a look and tell me what i should do yeah we do we do and we 
actively encourage that because wow. at the end of the day, I mean, how how can you how can you take a, a stick to someone who's reached out for help? Yeah, it's not the right. approach we take. No. So, look, we just obviously there are times when, and it's about one percent of the the complaints that we deal with, we end up having to prosecute. But that's when all other options have been exhausted, and even prosecuting people um, in the end that doesn't necessarily um, change someone's behaviour. In fact, in many of the the um, complaints that we deal with some of our prosecutions some people we prosecute five six seven eight nine times so you know you've got to question whether or not prosecution is is the answer sometimes we have no other choice but we we do all that we can to to avoid a prosecution we just want to fix the animals and help help people we're drought affected statewide in new south wales have you seen any change i mean i'm perhaps an increase in the number of people being reported or the number of people reaching out to you due to the drought? No, I think it's pretty uh, it's it's pretty much plateaued. Um, and I don't know what to make of that. I don't know whether it's a good thing or a, or a bad thing. But look, it's fair to say that we know the vast majority of, of the farming community, they know what they're doing with their animals. They, they do their business plans and they factor in drought issues. Um, they're the experts. And so I, I, I just, I don't know how to take that... Um, uh, static complaint number because um, I, th- I think it's fair to say that when you drive around New South Wales these days, I mean, the amount of uh, animals that are, are simply not there um, is a good sign. It's it's sad, of course, um, for the farming community, but but people have done the right thing by and large. Okay, you've you've got full time professional farmers, uh, and then you've got um, you've got pit street farmers. You know, they've got their hundred fifty acre block, yes, um, we do. and they've got you know. 50, 50 head of steer on there and they've got some goats and they've got some sheep and they go down there on the weekend and have a lovely time and say, this is mine. Um, I'm assuming, you know, let's <laughs> let's not cross the line. I'm assuming you've probably got more dramas with them than professional farmers. Yeah, pit street farmers, they keep us pretty busy. Okay. They do keep us pretty busy. And, you know, in, in good times, they, they don't come to our notice as much. Yeah. Um, but when it's not good times, yeah, we spend a fair amount of time with those people. Okay, you'd see the ugly side of people as well, wouldn't you, Murray? We um, something I say all the time is, you know, we're all about the animals, but we're actually more about people because every animal that we deal with requires a human to to to, to be part of that process to change it for for the animals. So. Yeah, look, just the mere fact of an RSPCA inspector turning up at someone's property is confronting for people, and I understand that. Um, and, and that's exactly why our inspectors are trained. They know what they're doing. In, in fact, they're almost accidental counsellors trying to work through the, through the issues. Mm. And we always know on every occasion there's two sides to every story, and sometimes three. So our guys are very, very um, objective about what they're, what they're going into. And, I mean, the other side of the coin is that we've got a lot of people that are are principally city-based that might go for a drive on a weekend and will ring us about a horse that's down and dying only mm. for us to find out that it's asleep in a paddock. Yeah. Um, but we don't know until we respond. So yeah. Yeah. a fair chunk of our complaints turn out to be pointless. Yeah. What have you seen this week? You mentioned your inspectors have been out post-bushfires. How bad is it? Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's um, Just today we've got inspectors out trawling through uh, burn-affected paddocks and, and they're looking for stock that have been burnt but aren't necessarily dead. Um, And so we will work shoulder to shoulder with with property owners, the authorities, and and do, sounds terrible, but do what we do well, and that is humanely euthanize animals that are are affected. And sometimes it's just some of these uh, animal owners, they just can't bring themselves to do it. Um, 
and that's where we're there to, to do what is a really dirty job. And it's important that we recognise that for our inspectors and, and keep them propped up as well. Mm. Now, look, and I, you know, I've known you for years and I know a lot of your inspectors through, you know, the Sydney Royal Easter Show. You guys are on site 24-7 during the show. Yep. Um, and, and you think about that euthanizing animals that have been caught up in the middle of a bushfire, um, which would be just horrific. Um, how, how, do you, how do your staff cope with things like that? I mean, the, you know, there, there must be, have you got programs in place? I mean, they got people to go and talk to. Yeah, I think, um, look, I used to be an inspector many, yep. many years ago, so I understand what they're going through, and, and I think uniquely it's a it's an opportunity for me to be able to sit down and talk to the inspectors about different things. And look, they're pretty, they're pretty tough people, yeah. and they're, they're trained to be pretty tough because what they see, even separate to police sometimes, is a very unique and confronting set of circumstances. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, sometimes the guys will, will put on a bit of a, a brave face, but the reality is they're people too. And, uh, yeah, so we have support or counselling services 24-7 to make sure that at least they can talk to someone, if not if not one of our own. What's your background, Steve? How did you come to be an inspector with RSPCA? Yeah, I had a, a passion for animals and a, and a passion for investigating and um, saw a job advertised back in 1991 and um, applied for that job as an inspector and, and I've never looked back. And can I tell you that that doesn't make me an expert, but, geez, after all these years got a fair idea of how things work in the field, particularly when I go and talk to politicians um, and just try and take a practical but balanced approach to, to animal welfare. Mm. We're not a vegetarian organisation. We're not a vegan organisation. No. Um, we accept that people can use, use animals uh, for, for food and fibre. We just want to make sure it's done right. Mm. That's all. How can we help? How can we donate? Um, you mentioned the huge cost at, at the start of this interview, Murray, and a lot of it comes from donations. Yeah, look, just in New South Wales, it's going to cost us $52 million this year to, to operate. Good God. It's about 7 mil for our inspectors. 424000 comes from the government wow. to do that. Um, in fact, there's a parliamentary inquiry coming up um, later this month about whether a charity should continue to enforce this act. Uh, we'll be providing some fairly substantive submissions to that. Oh, um, I think you would be. Um, but, yeah, look, um, how can you help? As you said, Murray, you, we, we're funded by, by the general public. Yeah, um, too right. And, uh, and we want to make sure that any dollar that comes our way gets gets to where it needs to go. We've got a bushfire appeal at the moment, like like a lot of charities. Sure. Okay. Um, so you can jump on our website and have a look. And um, by all means, if, uh, if it's not cash for you, uh, we're trying to coordinate some... Um, some companion animal food over the next couple of weeks to get it to, to places where people oh, need support right. as well. Okay. Um, and we'll just continue doing what we do, which is confronting. Um, and, you know, we, we're often criticised for, for either doing too much or not enough. Yeah. And I figure if, we, if we're kind of bouncing between those two extremes, yeah. we're okay, which yeah. sounds a bit odd, but... Too right. Mm. Listen, good to see you. Thanks for coming in. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Enjoy Christmas. I know it's the busiest time of the year for it you. Is. We might have to talk to you again in the lead up to Christmas about yeah. not buying pets for Any people time. on Christmas. Any yes, time. Good on you. Good on Thanks you. a lot. Steve Coleman joining us in the studio. Uh, Steve is the CEO of the RSPCA based here in New South Wales. 24 to 6.